to you, moo, 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 you be. Oh, moo, 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 Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the ninth episode in Await. We're learning about the belief in and the awaiting for Mashiach. It's a big deal. As we've learned in previous episodes, the Rambam begins the 11th chapter of the Laws of Kings. This is the final section of Halacha in the magnum opus that Maimonides wrote. HaMelech HaMashiach. The first thing he introduces us to is the concept of a messianic individual who will lead the world to peace and bring about a full restoration of the Jewish people who will flower again in their homeland with the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash and the ingathering of the exiles. The next thing the Rambam says is anybody who doesn't believe in the coming of Mashiach or doesn't await his coming, not only does he deny the later prophets, but rather, he denies the Torah itself and Moses. Subsequent to this, the Rambam begins to demonstrate the backing, the sources, for making a statement like that. After all, where in the Torah does it say that Mashiach's coming is such a critical thing? As Nachmanides puts it in his Sefer Hagaula. When you look at the Torah, by and large, it is not a book of future events. It's not a book of parable, metaphor, and futuristic uh, prophecy. That's what the rest of the prophets are about. Moshe Rabbeinu, he is the Navi of mitzvah, the prophet who brings us instructions of how we should live our life. And yet, the Rambam maintains that this idea of Mashiach both the belief in and its anticipation, are critical to the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu itself. So he brought a proof. The Torah testifies to the future of a Messian in coming. That's Parshas Nitzavim, open verses of the Torah. Then the Rambam highlights the prophecies of the evil Bilam, who God used as a mouthpiece, a point of diffusion, if you will, through which God spoke to the world. And his prophetic words allude to two anointed individuals, the first being King David, and the second, his eventual descendant, the Mashiach. Finally, the Rambam introduced us to the Torah's description of cities of asylum, a mitzvah that's never yet been completed. In previous episodes, we highlighted the need for the Torah's testifying about the era. Bilam speaking about the man and the importance of Mashiach being anchored in or framed with an actual mitzvah. Today, my friends, I want to return to the story or the proof from Bilaam's prophecies. Because truth be told, the Rambam, who is renowned for his crisp syntax and highly precise verbiage, seems to do something quite strange. And this anomaly is well-sourced, as you will see. When Maimonides the Rambam introduces the prophecies of Bilam, he says, and I quote, 
af beparshas Bilam, also in the parsha of Bilam, we call that Balak today, Neemar, it is stated. Visham Niba, and there he prophesizes. The obvious question is, why do you have to say, and there he prophesizes? Wouldn't it be obvious that the words of Bilam are prophecy? The Rebbe asks this very question in Lukut HaSichas, in the 34th volume, a Sicha on Shoftim Gimel, page 120. Quote, Ostensibly, it's entirely not understood why we would emphasize Vishom Niba. In other words, that this was said or communicated to us in a manner of prophecy. Well, you say, uh, how do you know that it was prophecy? Seriously? Consider this. The Gemara of Meseches Bavibasar, Daf Yud Dalet Amid Beis, page 14, side B, near the end of the page. The Gemara speaks about authorship of the various biblical books. Of course, this is all God speaking through his prophets, but who actually wrote the book? Who was God's stenographer? And the Gemara responds, Moshe Kosav Sifro Uparshat Bilam. Moshe wrote his book, or five books, and the parsha, the portion of Bilam. Rashi says, what might that mean, the parsha of Bilam? He says, Niviato Umeshalov, his prophecies and his parables. Even though it doesn't seem to aid or add much in the mission of Moshe. After all, he's about giving us mitzvot. And Bilam's flowery prophecies don't seem to add any mitzvah at all. Nonetheless, despite the fact that it is not an addition to Torah to and Seder Ma'asav to the teachings and the things that Moshe Rabbeinu did, nonetheless, he wrote this part of the Torah too. The truth is that the Gemara and especially Rashi's words are difficult to understand. It's part of the Torah. Of course it's prophecy. The Shalah, in his Shnei Luchot Habrit, quotes this Rashi, and he says, V'tema, this astounds me. V'chiyesh ot echad b'Torah she'eno Torah? Is there even a word, a letter in Torah that isn't Torah? Halo parshat bilam k'tuva b'Torah. The parsha of bilam, it's a part of our Torah. And if so, mahu, what is the meaning of Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Sifro, his book, and the parsha of Bilam. Rashi does not seem to help me, says the Shalah, because Lo zochiti lahavin divri harav pekodesh. I could not, he said. I did not have the merit of understanding the words of the great teacher, the holy mouth. Hello, kola sipurim shebetorah. All of the stories in the Torah, for example, the murder of Cain and Abel, the, world, the world's first homicide. What is that where we learn? That you shouldn't murder another person? And that's one of the mitzvahs that were given at Mount Sinai, what the world calls the Ten Commandments. So how does that relate to Torah and Seder Masov? Kulam Torah Tashem Tamima. The entire Torah is God's perfect Torah. 
As the Shalom notes, there is a verse that's found in Genesis chapter 36, verse 12. Timna was the concubine. Who cares? Who Torah Tashem Kemoshma Yisrael? Quoting the earliest writings, like Rabbi Sajigon and others, he says, that's Torah just as much as Hero Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord is one, the most important declaration of Jewish faith. So what does it mean? Why does the Gemara even have to say that this was written by Moshe Rabbeinu? The Shalah years later wrote a gloss on his comments. He said, I found in a book called the Tzioni. This was written by the great 13th century or 14th century Torah sage and Kabbalist, Rabbi Menachem Tzioni. He writes there or suggests that Moshe Rabbeinu actually wrote another much longer book with details about Bilam. He suggests that what we see in Parsha's Bilam is just a very, very concise and shortened version of the things Bilam said and did. But Moshe Rabbeinu chose to write down a separate book. Moshe Rabbeinu Chiber Sefer Levad Mashakatuv Torah. He compiled another book. He wanted to document the whole narrative at length. The book was unfortunately lost during the trials and travails and suffering of Galut. It's one of those things that disappeared. Now think about this. Are Bilam's words prophetic? Well, for heaven's sake, if they aren't prophetic, what would they be doing in the Torah? That's like obvious. So obvious that even though Rashi suggests the Gemara is saying that the words of Bilam are also prophecy, we can see here that the later scholars struggle to understand what Rashi meant. It's a given. It's self-understood that Bilam's words in the Torah are prophetic. Nachmanani's Ranban in the Sefer Hagula, just a few pages after my earlier quote, says the following. It's known in the scripture, that Bilam was a great prophet. Now, truth be told, we don't really find Bilam described as a Navi per se in the scripture. The only thing we do find is in Numbers 24:2, where it says, The Spirit of God was upon him. So we're actually told that the Spirit of God was upon Bilam. And we know that God placed these words in his mouth. And then, Nachmanides says, Besides all of that, even if we didn't know he was a prophet, which we do, it's written in the Torah. And he says, How did Moses know exactly what Bilaam said? He wasn't broadcasting on YouTube or Facebook. <laughs> true. But God told him exactly what he said, and therefore, he knew it was true. He didn't simply write the lunatic ravings of a madman. So it's obvious that this is prophecy. And that brings us back to the question, why would the Rambam say, Visham Niba, and there he prophesied. The Rebbe suggests a brilliant resolution to the seeming anomaly. He says, Yesh Leimar, perhaps it would be reasonable to say, that the intention of the Rambam here 
was Lahashmi Einu Chumra Neisefes. The Rambam is trying to convey to us yet a greater stringency insofar as the need to believe in and the danger of denying Mashiach. Shenosef Alzeh Shehu Kofer. Besides the fact that this person would be termed a heretic in denying the Torah and Moshe, he would be a denier, a heretic, for words of prophecy. I know what you're thinking. Isn't the Torah greater than prophecy? Well, it's not so simple. And the Rebbe gives us a fascinating way to look at it. Do you know that if a person violates the Torah, there are consequences? It's a basic belief. The Torah is not just an elective. Yet, there are some sins which are considered more weighty, more profound, and they have a greater consequence. One of the most severe consequences for certain sins is premature death. This is known as mitabi de shamayim. Your life will be ended by God prematurely. But those are far and few. Not all of the 365 negative commandments of the Torah come with a price tag like that. And yet, over al-divri hanovi, if a person violates the words of a prophet, it makes no difference what detail or what instruction the prophet gave. As Maimonides puts it in halachic prose, and this takes us to the first book of Maimonides, the first set of halachas. Sefer Hamada, the laws of Yesodeh Torah, the foundations of our Torah. This is the ninth chapter, the second half of the second paragraph. Suppose a prophet tells us things, things to do. He doesn't tell us, you should listen to the Torah and Moshe Rabbeinu and follow God's instructions. Instead he says, L'chu ploni. Go somewhere. And as the Rambam in his commentary of Mishnayis illustrates, there were stories like that. Yes, the prophecy, the prophets actually did say things like that. Or al telchu, don't go. Asum yom, go to war today. Or al tasu. And in Pirsha Mishnayis, the Rambam actually gives us chapter and verse of where prophets said things like this. Mitzvah lishmo'alo, the Rambam rules, and this is uncontested. It is a mitzvah what we would call an obligation from God to listen to the prophet. The over al-dvorov, and a person who would violate the words of the prophet, the Rambam rules, chayiv misabidei shomayim. He's forfeited his life. God will see to it that he has an early exit. Wow. In other words, if somebody violates the words of the Torah, he's not necessarily going to suffer but if somebody doesn't listen to a prophet, there's a certain stringency, a certain weight that comes along with the words of a prophet when God communicates to humankind. In the words of the Rambam, in Mora Nevuchim, in the third section, chapter 45, the Kvar Yadua, it's already known, he says, he is sowed that the idea of knowledge that we are given with regard to prophecy, that is to say the faith doctrine that prophecy is real. It comes before knowledge of the Torah. Because 
in Torah. If we have no prophecy, <laughs> well, then we have no Torah. The idea that God communicates with human beings is actually critical to the entire essence of what we would call faith dogma. How else could you have a proverbial religion or a system through which you could nurture a relationship with God if God didn't tell you what He wanted? And so we can see that there is a certain stringency in prophecy that even Torah doesn't have. And so now, in our ninth episode, bringing everything to its successful conclusion, the Rebbe says, Alpizia, by virtue of the time we've spent together and the analysis of Maimonides and the many, many sources I've shared, we can see, that in the three proofs that the Rambam brings, Milamdeinu, he instructs us, Number one, Melech HaMashiach Nehmer V'Nichtav B'chol Chelke HaTorah. That the idea of Mashiach and a Messianic redemption is endemic to all parts, every dimension of Torah. Number one, Sipurei Havtochas HaTorah. The Torah's narratives, the promises, we saw that clearly. That's in Parshas Nitzavim. Nevuat Torah, the concept of messianic prophecy. That's the parsha of Bilam. And finally, mitzvah b'Torah, an instruction or commandment of the Torah. And now we understand that the idea of Mashiach, our faith in and our anticipation for Mashiach, is rooted in every level, in every dimension of our holy Torah. Serious business something we're all obligated to be mindful of as we hope and anticipate the coming of Mashiach, Bimheira, will be Amen speedily, and in our days, Amen. Thank you so much for joining.